Class is in session. You're listening to Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshake. Let's go! Now, let's start the show. Podcast listeners, thank you so much for checking out today's show. This is episode 47 of the Squat University podcast. The goal with each and every one of these shows is to bring you as much value-packed content to help you move better in the gym and in life, decrease your body's aches and pains, and help you reach your true athletic potential. Now, today's podcast is all about squat technique. For some of you out there, today's content of the show will seem like common sense, but for others, it may be the first time you're ever hearing some of these finer points of technique on the specific exercises of the squat. Now, if you're a seasoned athlete, think of today as more of a refresher course for squat technique. There's a quote I really like from a famous chess player named Joshua Waitskin that reads, it is rarely a mysterious technique that drives us to the top, but rather a profound mastery of what may be a basic skill set. I think this applies perfectly to the art of lifting, as often we look to those who are elite in the sports of weightlifting, powerlifting, crossfit, or strongman, and think that they know something that we don't. There's some cue that they know that has led them to become such a great athlete and lift tremendous weight, and we don't know it. So we're constantly searching for it. But in fact, I find it's quite the opposite. You see, you'll find that more often than not, the best athletes that reach the top in their perspective sports and stay there have done so because they've mastered the basics of technique. They have this innate desire to perfect what many would consider the fundamentals. And it's that foundation that they built that ultimately allows their training and their genetics to drive them to become the top of their sport. Now, there's always that one person that's going to say, well, Aaron, what about so-and-so? You know, he's got a 900-pound squat or, you know, an 800-plus pound deadlift or this guy catches a clean and has valgus collapsing knees, you know, and they won a gold medal. What about this person? Sure. There's always outliers. And there's always examples of a few elite humans whose genetics have allowed them to push past these physical barriers that many of us cannot without getting hurt and they can still do so without or with lifting tremendous weight. 99% of us, however, cannot do this. It doesn't matter how hard you push. It doesn't matter how well a training program is written. Flaws in technique will limit your potential to lift big weights and stay healthy. So if you want to truly lift as much as you were born to lift, as much as genetically possible for your body, if you want to do so and stay healthy, and keep your body for the rest of your life, something I call finding your true strength, today's podcast is for you. So while I go through the content of today, I want you to think about a few things. What shapes are we putting our body in during the different parts of the squat? And then how is the body moving from these different shapes that we make? Okay, so the first part of learning how to squat is obviously the liftoff. We have to get the bar out of the rack. So the bar, first off, we need to set it at the correct height. Obviously, this may seem like squatting 101, but again, there's a lot of people I see, especially younger lifters, that don't realize this. The bar should be set around chest height. If you set the bar too high in the rack or too low, the athlete trying to get the barbell out is going to have to put themselves in a dangerous position to do it, especially when they're tired and trying to re-rack the bar. I see this often at like the high school level where the athlete will have to like get on their tiptoes to almost get the bar out of the rack. They take it back, they do their squats, but at the end, they're pretty tired. So now they have to walk it back into the rack, get back up on their tiptoes, hopefully get the bar back in the rack without it falling. So let's say that you have set the bar at the correct height. The next step is to get 
into the correct position with the barbell on your back. So what you're going to do is you're going to pull yourself under the bar and you're going to trap it tight against the tops of your shoulders. If you are doing a high bar back squat, you're going to find sort of the next ledge down in between your shoulder blades. Uh, the spine of the scapula is a sort of mid part of the shoulder, sort of the posterior deltoids. That's where most people are going to have a low bar back squat. But basically, if you pull your shoulder blades together in down, nice and tight, you're gonna have those two different shelves up here. The higher one, obviously, for a high bar back squat. The lower one across your posterior deltoids, the back of your shoulder, is where a low bar back squat sits. The bar should be held tight in that position. You should have as tight of a grip as you can on the bar and your back muscles squeeze together like crazy as if you're a bodybuilder, those muscles are just gonna pop out like crazy. That's as tight as you should be with your bar on your back before you've ever even left the rack. Now, the type of grip taken on the bar will more so be a personal choice. Some people like to hook their thumb under the bar and have a full grip. Others have their thumb on top, sort of a monkey grip. Now, regardless of the way you decide to grip the bar, a neutral wrist is going to be ideal, so a straight wrist. That's gonna be the most ideal position. This wrist position is going to allow the bar to sit safely and secure on your back without placing too much pressure on the inside of the elbows. If you are someone that's dealing with some elbow or wrist issues in your back squat position, look at how your wrists are positioned uh, whenever you're grabbing the barbell. Is your wrist extremely, extremely uh, extended back? Now, if you have a lot of mobility issues in your chest, in your lats, that's something you may have to tackle so that you can better position your upper body whenever you're holding the barbell. So now that we have this in place, it's time to unrack the bar. You're gonna position yourself in front of the bar, feet evenly spaced about shoulder width. I do not want you to take the bar out of the rack with an uneven stance. And we're gonna talk about that in a second, why that's so important. So feet are at shoulder width stance, like you're doing a squat. You're gonna take a big breath, brace your core, extend your hips and knees at the same time, even pressure between both legs, stand up with the bar. Now, all you're gonna do from here is take a few steps back. Now. For some people, this may be two steps. For some people, it may be a few. You don't want to be taking 10 steps out of the rack. You want to take a few steps and establish your appropriate squat stance. And this should be done the same way every single time. I recently did, uh, today at least, well, while you guys are going to be hearing this, it'll be a few days back, I did a collaboration post on Instagram and Facebook with Blaine Sumner. Some of you guys know him on Instagram as uh, the Vanilla Gorilla 92. And this dude is strong. He squats well over a thousand pounds. And what you'll notice while we, the, the basis of the collaboration was to show his warm up. And he does like the McGill Big Three, he does a goblet squat hold that I talked with him about doing. Um, and then we showed his warm ups from 165 pounds, which is like 75 kilos, and then all the way up to his last rep at 1,025 pounds, which was 460 something kilos. Now, what you saw was that every single time he took his breath, he got up with the barbell, he unracked it, his setup, his two steps back into position, and then his start of the descent was the exact same every single rep. It didn't matter that it was you know, 40% of his max weight. He made sure that that rep was perfectly executed every single time. This is something I see a lot of people, they lackadaisically take the barbell out of the rack because it's so light. They don't even think that the way you are programming your body movement-wise 
every single rep you take, even if it's lightweight, 40, 50, 60, 70%, all the way up to your heavier reps, they need to be done the exact same. So that when you do get to your heaviest reps, the small things that you're doing in breathing, bracing, creating tremendous tension with your back, taking two steps out of the rack, establishing your feet. Those things just become automatic. We're creating muscle memory in programming our body to perform the exact same movement so that you don't have to necessarily think about it. Your body does it. It establishes this as a normal or a common movement pattern. And then you just have to think about squatting. You don't have to think about the smaller things because you've programmed your body to do it correctly. So I want you to go watch that post on Instagram or Facebook, whichever one you're on. And just watch the way Blaine does that. So um, again, another thing that uh, goes back to the unracking part is you need to make sure that you are taking a big breath and bracing before you unrack the barbell. Now, with lightweight, obviously, most of you, you're not going to know the difference. But when you get up to a heavy weight, think about Blaine. He's squatting 1,025 pounds at his top rep in this video we did. What would happen if he just tried to lift the bar up, take a couple steps back, and then try to brace his core, take a big breath, and go, he's got 1,025 pounds on his back. That thing would crush him as soon as he lifted it from the rack. You have to create the appropriate stability for the lift before it ever starts, and that means lifting it out of the rack correctly. Okay? So you're breathing, you're bracing, you're creating tremendous tension in your core, then you're lifting the bar out of the rack, you're taking two to three steps back, establishing that perfect squat stance, whatever that is for you. For some people, that's more of a straightforward foot. For some people, it's a little bit more of a toe out, depending on your anatomy, your level of mobility. This may be slightly different for some people. I don't want someone to come up and have their toes pointed out to the side like a 45 degree angle. It's probably excessive. That's another story for another podcast. But you're going to find that position, and then we're going to start the descent. Now, the descent of the barbell squat follows the exact same principles as the bodyweight squat. You're going to have great foot placement. We're going to have great movement mechanics, and we're going to harness the power now of the breath, something we talked about in prior podcasts. You're going to breathe. You're going to brace. And then you're going to squat. Now, one thing we need to make sure that we're doing before we start the descent is engaging the tripod foot. Now, if you're looking at your foot, you have three basic parts to the foot that I want you to think about that need to be in contact with the foot or with the ground the whole time. You have the base of your first toe, the base of your fifth toe, and then your heel. This creates like a tripod. It's very secure. Now, what happens is that often we see people are unstable. Who here has heard the cue, uh, put all your weight into your heels, 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 heels. I'm sure everyone out there, hands up right now. I can't see you obviously, but I'm sure you've heard that cue. That is a bad cue for a lot of people because it makes you think that your emphasis is all in the heel. It should be full foot in contact with the ground. Now, when we're talking about a stable foot, we got to think front and back. I want your body weight evenly spread across your full foot. That means those big toes need to be jammed down. You need to also have pressure in the heel so your body weight's in the middle. We also need to think of stability side to side. Too often we see people that come up and they lose their foot in. So they excessively pronate. So they lose their arch. So we need to have side to side stability as well. Something I like, jam your big toe into the ground, drive your knees out the side a little bit, create an arch in your foot. Now, even if you have a flat foot, anatomically, you can still think about creating a very stable foot by not allowing your foot to collapse anymore. When we look at the foot and ankle complex, that ankle needs to be straight up and down. 
in the foot needs to be balanced on the inside and the outside. So whenever you're doing just a bodyweight squat, just close your eyes and feel for where your foot is in contact with the ground because often in the squat, we think of everything else. We think of the hips, we think of the knees, we think of our core, we take a big breath. But if you don't think about your foundation, your contact with the ground and how your foot is articulating and grabbing the ground, that's like just building a house as high as you can and furnishing it with great looking, you know, TVs, couches, painting the wall great, and it's built on top of sand. What's going to happen the next storm that comes through? The house is going to blow down. It all starts with the feet. You have to have a stable foundation with your foot if you want everything else in your body to move correctly and to stay stable, especially if we're talking about squatting big weight, we sure as hell need some stable feet. So once you have created that tripod foot, we're grabbing the ground, big toes jammed down. We're not all the way back on our heels. We're not on the balls of our feet. We are right in the middle of our foot. We then create some external rotation torque at the hips. Now, this is not external rotation movement. Again, if I was externally rotating at my hips, that means that my toes would start spinning out. Remember, I've locked my feet into the ground with a slight toe out that may be like five, seven degrees. For some people, maybe up to 15 degrees toe out. It's not excessive, but then I am externally rotating and creating torque at the hips. That means that I'm squeezing my glutes. My knees come out to the side a little bit and in line with my feet, but I am not externally rotating with movement. I'm creating torque, which is a turning power force. That's turning on our glutes, centralizing the hip, the femur inside the socket, the correct alignment, and then we're going to start the squat. We're going to take a big breath into our core, brace it, and then we're going to squat. Now, whenever you're doing a squat, uh, regardless if it is a, uh, a high bar back squat, a low bar back squat, a front squat, an overhead squat, or a bodyweight squat, your posterior chain, your hips, that is the most important part of the movement. Now, when we engage those first, there's a small hip hinge that occurs. Now, the knees are going to bend. What I don't want you to do is jam the knees forward. What many people often do is they think about letting their knees sort of travel forward too soon and they shift their body weight towards their toes. Now, what happens is that's just going to push you completely off balance, especially the more weight you're lifting. You're going to have a complete loss in power because your body's not moving from a balanced position. Think about the hips. It's a proper hip hinge, the butt goes back, the chest comes forward, the knees are bending, they're just not jamming forward at the very start. Then once the hips are engaged, you're just gonna squat straight down. Now for some people, and depending on the type of anatomy you have, the type of squat you do, this hinge at the hips is gonna be greater or smaller. Think about this, if we are doing a front squat, we have the bar on our chest, if I do a big hip hinge, throw my butt back, bring my chest forward, I'm going to push that barbell over my toes. I'm going to be off balance. Contrary, if I'm doing a low bar back squat where the bar is lower on my back, I can probably have that greater hip hinge because the bar is still going to remain over the middle of my foot. So that's the big thing. The hinge is going to be specific to the type of lift you're doing and your anatomy. Someone with a longer femur and a shorter torso is going to have a different type of hinge amount than someone with a shorter femur and longer torso. How do you know if you're doing the one that's right for your body? You view your squat from the side. You set a camera up, you have a friend there, and they watch the barbell. If you're doing it just enough, you'll see the hips engaged, the knees are still going to bend. As you're squatting, where's that bar traveling? It should ideally travel right up and down the middle of your foot. If you had to draw a vertical line right over the middle of your foot, 
that's showing you that you are keeping your body in balance. Now, someone out there is probably going to say, well, if we're talking about keeping our body in balance, the center of gravity is in our stomach. Well, as you're doing a barbell squat, you're having a lot of weight loaded specifically in one point. If you're doing a high bar squat, that's right on the tops of your shoulders. If you're doing a low bar squat again, it's right across the middle of your shoulder blades. The more and more weight you have on the bar, the more and more your center of gravity that is in the middle of your stomach for most people is going to be pulled towards that barbell. So let's say we're doing a 225 pound squat and the person weighs 150 pounds. There's a lot of their center of gravity is gonna be pulled because they got 225 right across one specific part of their shoulder blades. That means that we can use the middle of that barbell as a very general way to see if the unit, the system of the person and the barbell together are in balance. So the next time you squat, look from the side. Is the barbell tracking directly over the middle of their foot? That's how you know that your body's in balance. Now, the last shape, I guess, that we're going to make is the bottom position. Depending on the type of squat you are performing, you're going to have a little bit different torso uh, position in the very bottom. If you're using a high bar back squat, in order to keep the bar balanced, you're going to be a little bit more upright compared to a low bar back squat. If you're doing a front squat, because the bar is positioned on your chest, you're going to have to be even more vertical. If you are doing a body weight squat, which is obviously not the topic of today because it's barbell squatting 101, your chest is probably going to be even more inclined because remember, your center of gravity is across or near your stomach position and not as high as a barbell squat. So the technique changes depending on the barbell position will cause your torso to come more vertical or more inclined and cause your knee position to change. If you have a more vertical torso, if you wanna stay balanced and keep the bar of the midfoot, your knees are going to have to shift forward. So a high bar back squat requires more ankle mobility than a low bar back squat. For this reason, athletes with stiff ankles can often show much better quality technique uh, with a body weight squat or a low bar back squat, but they struggle with a high bar version or a front squat that requires even greater ink mobility to allow the knee to go over the toes and keep the chest more vertical. Now, someone out there is going to say, well, I thought the knees weren't supposed to go past the toes. That is a complete myth. The knees can and should go past the toes in the bottom of a deep squat. If you are doing it and getting into that shape, the bottom position, with good technique, it is a completely safe position for a healthy athlete with good knees. Now, if we're talking about grandma who's got horrible arthritis in her knees, that deep bottom position is probably going to be irritating to her knees. But for most healthy athletes who are able to get into that bottom shape position with good technique, starting from the top and then transitioning down, starting at the hips, making sure the barbell is staying balanced over the middle of the foot, the knees can and must go past the toes in order for you to have a good-looking bottom position. Again, it's all about finding what's right for your body and the technique that you are trying to do. With that being said, not all athletes are training to compete in the sport of weightlifting and need to have an astrograss front squat with their chest upright. For this reason, the barbell squat uh, doesn't always need to be taken astrograss. Now, this comes at the exception of saying you better have a astrograss full depth body weight squat. But the depth of a barbell squat is going to be specific to the demands of your sport as an athlete. We don't need a power lifter whose goal is to squat 1,025 to have their butt sitting on their heels 
during a barbell squat. They only have to get their hip crease below the tops of their knees or a little bit deeper in competition for a passing squat. Every athlete should be able to, for sure though, hit a parallel depth. And with body weight, get even deeper. Full depth squat and it should look really good. But the depth of a barbell squat should always be based on your genetics as far as your anatomy that you've been given, your mobility, and the sport of choice. Because not everyone, in my opinion, needs to go ass to grass unless your goal is to compete in the sport of weightlifting or CrossFit where the snatch and clean are used. And in order to lift those and do so efficiently, you better be able to get all the way down because the most efficient lifters in the world are able to hit full depth. Now, once that we are down in that bottom position, our shape looks good, our knees are in line with our toes, our foot is still in that tripod position, we have a good arch, our back is nice and flat, we have good core stability, we don't have tremendous butt wink, our back isn't round like crazy, pelvis turned under ourselves, we look like we're in a good position. The ascent of the squat is all about being balanced as well, just like you came down. The hips and chest should rise at the same time. Now, during this transition, I've had a lot of people write to me and they say that they feel that their chest is falling forward and they're taught by some people to just drive their elbows forward in an attempt to keep their chest up. I find this is a really bad cue. Doing so and driving those elbows under actually flattens your back out and decreases the amount of lat engagement that you developed at the very start of your squat when you got under the bar, you squeezed your bar down, you pulled your shoulder blades together. That created a lot of engagement of those upper back muscles. If you let those elbows sort of pull under the barbell, you're actually going to decrease a little bit of the tension that you've developed in those muscles. You're going to lose a little bit of core stability. So I find that's a poor uh, fix or attempted fix to limit the chest falling forward. What I want you to think about if this happens to you is to squeeze your upper back even tighter and drive your back straight up through the bar. Many of us are often forgetting that the back needs to remain extremely stiff and tight the entire time, and you need to use that to drive out of the hole, drive your back through the barbell out of the hole. And that can be a very helpful cue to keep your chest and hips rising at the same rate. That's gonna keep your body in balance, bar remains over the midfoot, and you're gonna have a very powerful ascent back to the top. So that is the sort of 101 of barbell squatting, specifically for back squat today, what we talked about. So let's briefly just go over those one more time, just sort of as an overview. So the first things first, we're having the bar set at about chest height. We're getting under the barbell. We're pinning it tightly against the shelf that you've created of your upper back. We're squeezing the bar down. We're pulling our shoulder blades in and back, creating tremendous tension in your upper back. You're going to breathe, brace, lift the bar from the rack, take two to three steps back, establish your tripod foot. Your big toe is jammed down. You're feeling for whether or not you're balanced between the front and back of your foot, also side to side. I don't want to be too far on my outside of my foot. I don't want to be too far on the inside of my foot. Once I'm stable, I'm creating a little bit of external rotation torque at my hips by squeezing my glutes. I'm creating a big rigid trunk again by taking a big breath and bracing and holding it. Then I'm going to engage my hips, a little bit of a hip hinge. Remember, my knees are still bending. They're just not jamming for it at the very start. And then I'm remaining balanced as I keep the bar of my midfoot, squat straight down, knees are in line with my feet. I'm going to hit my bottom position and come right back up in the exact same manner. So that is it for today's show. Quick and easy, sort of covered the basics of barbell squatting. I hope that you guys enjoyed the show. 
If you are a beginner to barbell squatting, hopefully these cues will help you lift with better technique the next time that you're in the gym. If you are a seasoned athlete, hopefully this was a good refresher that can allow you to remember some of those cues the next time you go to squat, specifically the one that we want to make sure that every single rep, no matter if it's a barbell, uh, 40% all the way up to 100% needs to look the exact same from our setup to our walkout and our squat every single time. If you work to perfect those details, the heavier weights will eventually start to feel like lighter weights and they'll start to move even and even better. So that is it for today's show. Like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, please continue to take screenshots of it on your phone, share it across social media, make sure to tag me at Squaw University so I can personally reach out and thank you. Um, and until next week, guys, happy squatting. That's it for today, class, on Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshig. For more exclusive content, log on to squatuniversity.com.